0: 630 Chad inside sports with Reed Wilkins weekdays at six on 630 Chad in the second period. Canadians and Capitals tied 1-1 no score Toronto and Pittsburgh Sharks lead the Devils 1-0 Columbus up 2-1 on Philadelphia late in the first period the Senators with a 1-0 edge on the Jets later Coyotes take on the Blues the Lightning meet the Golden Knights And the Panthers will take on the Kings. Keep an eye on that Golden Knights game tonight as they are one of the teams in that Pacific Division race with the Edmonton Oilers. One point behind the Oilers for first place. Edmonton has 71. Vancouver and Vegas both with 70 points. Calgary and Arizona both with 68. Continues to be tight. The Oilers toughen out a point last night against the Boston Bruins. 2-1 for the Bruins in overtime. The Oilers home again tomorrow against the Minnesota Wild. 5.30 face-off show here. Here on 630 Ched. The game will start at 7 and keep listening as later on tonight we will give away a couple of tickets to the game between the Oilers and the Wild. Connor McDavid might play in that game. Then again, he very well might not. He did not shoot down the possibility of playing, but he also didn't rule himself in for the game. We got a lot of will-sees today from McDavid, from Dave Tippett, and from Ken Holland. But I can tell you this, Connor McDavid was out on the ice today at Rogers Place not once but twice. A lot of times injured players or players who are on their way back from injury will skate by themselves or in a small group you know, one, two, or three hours before practice. So it's not a full practice, but they'll go out there and wheel around and see how they're feeling. McDavid did that. And then he went out with his teammates and participated in practice. And he will be on the road trip to California. The Oilers play Los Angeles on Sunday, three-game trip. Anaheim on Tuesday and then Vegas on Wednesday. Lodged in the middle of that is the trade deadline on Monday at 1. Don't forget, we'll have special deadline coverage here on 630 Ched with a show from 11 a.m. until 3 p.m. and plenty more from General Manager Ken Holland looking ahead to the trade deadline as we continue tonight. But McDavid is going to go on that trip maybe he'll play tomorrow i don't know for sure i mean one practice and one morning skate and then back into action uh we'll see but he did not look uncomfortable out on the ice today tells you a little bit about taking part in the practice
1: yeah, i feel good um yeah i mean i was uh, not away that long so um i've been on the ice a couple times now so um yeah i feel
0: pretty good as you know mcdavid not a man of many words. Generally, he was also asked what he needs to be cleared to play.
1: Uh, I don't know. That's not, uh, that's not my field of work, so um, I've ask the doctors on that.
0: Damn it, Jim. I'm a hockey player, not a doctor. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, Kellen. <laughs> Kellen's stunned.
2: Well, no, I'm choking on water. Oh, you sorry. got
0: me right when I got a swig of water. You could have done a there. spit take. Yeah. <laughs> Would have been amazing. And I got all the technical stuff in front of me, so that's a bad idea to spit yes, right. all over the board. So. Smoldering electronics <laughs> everywhere. But it was very funny, yes. Alright, so McDavid is, uh, is is not a doctor, though I'm sure he has a pretty good idea of uh, how he's feeling. What he did do was while the Oilers went to Tampa Bay, Florida, and Carolina for that three-game road trip, he went back to Toronto.
1: That well, was definitely very productive. Um, no, there was no sense of of going on the road, um, you know, if you're not going to be skating or anything like that, and, and uh, you know, just wanted to get back and and uh, see the guys that I've uh, you know, worked with lots over, over the summer, and um, I just uh, picked up where we kind of left off, I guess.
0: All right, so, McDavid, getting through the quad injury here, I, uh, you know, if he's going on, if he doesn't play tomorrow, and he's going on the road trip, I would have to think he returns on the road trip at some point. And don't forget, the game in Anaheim on Tuesday would be two weeks from when we were first told McDavid was going to be out, two to three weeks. So he's not a doctor. He, uh, you know, says uh, it's not necessarily up to me to be cleared to play, but... He was then asked, well, what do you need to be sure about to know that you're ready to return?
1: Uh, like I said, just not feeling it anymore. Um, you know, Just uh, to, to go out there and, and be pain-free and, and uh, you know, not have it uh, act up after the game or something like that or you know, a week from now or two weeks from now. We uh, want it to be, to be solid moving forward for this, uh, this long run and, and long stretch of hockey that, uh, that we're going to have here in March and, and, and hopefully in the playoffs.
0: All right, so just making sure he's going to be pain-free, that nothing's going to flare up again. I think all very reasonable. The Oilers have gone 3-1-1 and without McDavid in the lineup. One of several injuries or missing players they now have. James Neal, according to Ken Holland, probably two to three weeks away. So what was originally day-to-day has stretched out to now where we're probably not going to see James Neal into March. We won't see Oscar Kleffbaum until March. We know Zach Kassian is going to be back on January 29th, that's when his seven-game suspension will be over. The Oilers take on the Winnipeg Jets on a Saturday on the 29th. Joachim Nygaard slowly coming back from that broken arm, but he's going to need uh, a little more time as well. So, And, and Chris Russell still in concussion protocol and uh, really no timeline for his return to the lineup. So that's where the banged-up Oilers are at. But all of, of all the players I just listed, Looks like McDavid will indeed be the first one back. And and again, if it's not tomorrow, you'd have to think it's on the road trip if he is going to travel with the team. All right. Uh, this texter says, and by the way, you can call or text seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three if you'd like to participate. And we will. Uh, I do welcome your thoughts on on the Oilers' trade deadline approach as we move along tonight as well. This texter says, "I'm heading to Vegas on Tuesday to see the game. Great news that McDavid might be back, although they're finding ways to win without him. Hey, if you're uh, if you're going to Vegas, put twenty bucks on hell Angel- and Hel Cabrera to win the Masters. Hey, take the duck, Kellen. Do Always it. Always take the duck. Do it." quack quack (laughs) all right so uh and you can get more on mcdavid on 630 ched.com global ca, and we'll get to some more of his comments as we move along tonight oh i do want to get to uh what dave Tippett said about mcdavid's potential return and might go in what might go into the decision if it was just all my say play right it's not all my say so you never want to put the player
3: in a bad position he's got to know he's he can do the job out there um you know, the doctors certainly have a say in it. There's a, it's, it's an injury that they want to make sure is healed and you can't hurt any worse. We can't, you know, I'd rather take an extra couple days now than have them set back a week or 10 days. So those are all decisions that are bigger decisions than me as, as a coach. And you've got one of the top players in the world sitting there and you want him to play. Hey, I'd like him to play, but we'll see where that goes. There's a lot more to it than that.
0: All right, so they are. those are the uh, nuts and bolts on McDavid and his quad injury on the ice today. Uh, looked fine, didn't look in any way encumbered by the injury. I guess we call him possible for tomorrow, but we really won't know until what we see at the morning skate and the comments we get after that. But again, if not tomorrow, uh, I'm, I'm pretty strong that he's going to play on the road trip if he is indeed traveling. All right, that's story number one for the Oilers. The other story today, Ken Holland, uh, an extensive media availability today. He also did a one-on-one interview with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Now. Now, if you want to listen to the whole entire interview, you can get that on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com or Bob's show page, Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. I'm going to give you the highlights here. And to me, it, it can be boiled down to, I would say, two or three main bullet points about Ken Holland's thoughts going into the trade deadline and also what it means for the Oilers franchise as a whole and where Holland is hoping to take the franchise as he has a five-year contract to be the team's general manager. And it's a direction that obviously we've been hoping, you've been hoping the team would be going in for quite a while but it hasn't been executed by the people in charge in the past. But I'll start generally here, and here's, the, here's one of the headline questions for Ken Holland. Trade deadline, what are you looking for?
3: You know, at the end of the day, it depends on what's available. Right. What's available? What's the cost? Um... And it's not like there's a whole bunch of wingers and there's a whole bunch of defensemen. There's a whole bunch of centermen. There's a whole bunch of offensive centermen. There's a whole bunch of defensive centermen. It's it's what's available and and what and then and then what's what's the cost, you know. And I guess, you know, what I'm trying to weigh in is when I was hired, um, you know, to a five-year deal. I wanted to come here, first off, assess what we got, and trying to build. You know, I'm proud of the of the program that we had built in Detroit. It took some time to build a program. And you got you need that depth. You got to draft. You got to develop young people. And certainly, some uh, some of the younger people have had a bigger impact here, way quicker than I than I, had, than I had thought. So, I got to decide. I'm trying to make decide here over the next three or four days how. How, how active? Would I like to be active? Yeah, I'd like to be active. I'd like to pitch in. I'd like to do, you know, the, the, guys, the guys in that locker room have worked extremely hard, the coaching staff, to put us in this position. But, I'm, I'm, you know, I've also got to factor in, you know, the cost. And, and we just talked here. Jim had just asked, would you trade a first-round pick for a rental? I don't see me trading a first-round pick for a rental. But is there a price that I would pay? Yeah, there's a price that I've I got to pay. But I don't have any specific... Until I get on that phone... And you're working the phones and you're talking to your people. I talk to the coach. You know, I, I, I get my gut instincts and uh, you eventually work your way to the decision.
0: So, Holland emphasizing there is something we've discussed a lot. He is not trading the first-round pick for a rental. Now, it was reported earlier this week by Elliot Friedman of Sportsnet that the Oilers would have been willing to trade the first round pick for Blake Coleman to the New Jersey Devils. Well, why? Because he's not a rental. He's under contract also next season and he makes under $2 million a year and he's scored over 20 goals this season. So in that case, Holland would have weighed it and said, okay, that's not a rental and that's a player who could be a pretty significant contributor offensively. So it seems like he would have made that move. So as we've suspected and Holland spelled it out there very plainly, the Oilers are not in the rental market, especially. Well, they're not in the rental market if he has to give up his first round pick. And as he also said a couple of weeks ago, what if we miss the playoffs? No, the Oilers are very well positioned to miss the playoffs. Might be a little tense here with still some significant players out of the lineup. Clefbaum not back until March. That's a huge loss. But they are well, let me put it this way they're well positioned to be playing very important games in March and hopefully be relatively healthy when it's happening. Holland talked, and he said this before, about building a program like he did in Detroit and about drafting and developing. And I get back to, in in my mind, and look, everybody's going to have their own reason. It's been a painful, you know, especially last 13 years for the Oilers with just one playoff appearance. And again, most of those years, a, a bottom feeder in the NHL. It's not like they were missing the playoffs by two or three points every year. And I still think the biggest problem has been, and you can actually go back into the 90s or even some drafts in the 80s for the Oilers, they have not drafted well and or they have not developed well. And to me, that's been the biggest, Mm. Biggest thing, I, I mean, I, I get all kinds of calls that it's this guy's fault and it's this player's fault, and if this and if this player's third cousin hadn't sat on his goldfish when he was four years old, the team wouldn't be cursed, and all this kind of stuff. To me, it all it all boils down to either poor drafting and or poor developing. In in some cases, it might be both. In some cases, it's one or the other, but I think one has led to the other because if you don't draft well then you don't have players coming up from the farm and then you're rushing your next draft picks up from the farm and they're not developed and it has become a nasty, nasty cycle for the Oilers that appears to be shifting based on the performance of some of the players we've seen this season. And we'll get into what Holland and Dave Tippett had to say about that when we get back. Today, I expect Miko Koskinen to be the Oilers' goaltender tomorrow night. How do I arrive at such information? Usually the goalie at practice who is in the Oilers' net that they defend in the first and third periods winds up being the goaltender in the next game. But we'll see it tomorrow's morning skate. It's really not that complicated, Kellen. It's not like I'm hiding in Dave Tippett's office and sees what name he has on the whiteboard for tomorrow's game. Well, that's disappointing. I just sort of watch... <laughs> yeah. I know you would have preferred that. <laughs> yeah.
2: I, I thought it was some big, giant scientific net
0: and you know network where you're like doing the math on the core and you know. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, quick, we, what, what do we have? We only have about three minutes here, so I'll get to a couple of really good Holland and Tippett clips. Uh, James, by the way, thanks for your text message. I just got it. Appreciate that. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. So I referenced on when was the last show we had Inside Sports Tuesday? Tuesday. This website called Evolving... Sorry, well, it is a website and a Twitter account. It's mostly the Twitter account that I've been seeing. This Twitter account called Evolving Wild had Leon Dreisaitl approximately 25th in the Hart Trophy race, which I, I, I would think most people would believe is absurd, given the year he's having. And, and I think if you're the leading scorer in the NHL, especially by the margin he is... You should be at least considered to be the most valuable player in the NHL, but they they had their own methodology. So, Kellen, I actually sent these. It's a couple of twins that run the site, and I I said, "Come on, Inside Sports, and explain how it works." And I said, "I'm not I'm not gonna pick on you." I said, "Look, I might be a little bit sarcastic, but I'm I'm gonna give you a chance to talk. I'll give you a chance to to explain it. Absolutely, Let's, yeah. let let people understand it." You know, your gear. And they and on. And they said on Tuesday, well, we're busy tonight, but maybe some other night. Mm -hmm. So I messaged them this morning. I said, "Hey guys, the invitation still stands. We got time for you tonight." And they said that they that they feel they're getting so much uh, negative reaction about it that they're they're not going to talk about it. So their comment is no comment. Well, their comment is uh, is is that they're just they're they're not gonna they're not gonna weigh in on
1: it. Oh, okay.
0: I would have loved to see. Uh, what did they write me today? Hey, Reed, I don't think it's a good idea for us to keep talking about this. For now, we've had quite a bit of harassment over some of our opinions to the point of having to close our direct messages for the time being. Even though they did respond to my my uh, my direct message, mm. but in all honesty, like if if they're if if they're gonna put out something that that is that out there. I would have loved to give them the chance to just say, okay, actually explain how you arrive at it. Yep. Not saying we have to agree with it or... Uh, grasp it, but just explain how you arrived at it. Agreed. You know, we'll give you a chance in a form where you can talk and, and don't have to speak in 140 characters. You can actually explain it anyway uh, because of but here's the thing. They were still engaging on people with people on Twitter today after I offered them the opportunity to do that. So it seems counterproductive to me to say, well, we're, we're getting all this crap from people, but we're still out there fueling the crap. So anyway, uh, you know, offered to have them on. They said no. More from Holland and Tippett when we get back. 5.30 5.30 face-off show here on 6.30, Chet. The game will commence at 7 p.m. NHL tonight, no score. Coyotes and Blues with about four and a half minutes left in the first period. Jets up 2-1 on the Senators after one. In the second period, Montreal trails Washington 2-1. Blue Jackets up 3-2 on the Flyers. Leafs bouncing back and taking it to the Penguins tonight. 3-0 Toronto with a minute left in the first period. Or, uh, pardon me, left in the second period. Muzzin, Nylander, and Kapanen with the goals. And late second period in New Jersey, the Sharks up 1-0 on the Devils. Later, Tampa Bay at Vegas, and the Florida Panthers will play the Los Angeles Kings. One texter wants to know about the uh, Twitter account I mentioned. Uh, They're not Toronto-based, are they? Well, no, they are called Evolving Wild. So, yes, they uh, are indeed based in Minnesota. Yakishev says, Reed, you have just given a couple of fools with no credibility more recognition than they deserve. If my ch- pet chimpanzee picked Larson to win the scoring title, could he come on your show too? The answer is yes. Uh, Mike says, Reed, do you think you can teach decision-making in hockey? I'd argue that nurses, that's, it is nurses' biggest weakness, and I'm concerned. I'm curious if it's something that can be improved on. That's a good question, Mike. Well, I think you can always teach things in hockey and that players can always improve. I also think players uh, have a natural skill set that is is already pretty well developed when they get to the National Hockey League. And I don't know if you could see massive improvement in, uh, in any specific area. I you know, I I saw uh, Rob and I got a couple of calls about Darnell Nurse after the game last night. Here's the thing with Darnell Nurse. Darnell Nurse is not a top pairing defenseman in the NHL. He isn't. He's he's not perfect. He, you know, he's not a number one pairing defenseman, but that doesn't mean he's crap. I think Darnell Nurse is a second pairing left shot D. He skates quite well. Uh you know, he can play with some nastiness. I have described him as a loud player and that is he can make some really impressive big plays or big hits at times, and sometimes when Darnell Nurse makes a mistake, it tends to be a big one, a loud mistake. He is not a power play point man, certainly not a top-end one, and I think that showed last night against the Boston Bruins. I, you know, we got a question. Uh, Rob and I got a question last night about putting Ethan Bear there. I would be very tempted to at least give Ethan Bear some of the time running the power play, while Clefbaum is out of the lineup. Maybe they split it. I understand why Tippett doesn't want to throw Bear right into it right away, but I think Bear has more of that in his skill set, especially in terms of the passing part of it, um, than Nurse does. Now Nurse had to play a ton last night. He had to play a ton, uh, a ton against the best team in the National Hockey League, and uh, yeah, he had some tough moments. I, 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 you know, I thought that was a good competitive game. There were mistakes on both sides of it, but that's what I think about Darnell Nurse. And and I mean, look, the whole thing uh, I hear, well, Dar- why, you know, Darnell Nurse, well, they what they, they they better not pay him eight million dollars. Well, well, they're not. They're not paying him $8 million. Like, that, that contract story was very uh, loosely reported. And if you're a player's agent, whether it's Darnell Nurse or anybody else, you're going to bring up the highest possible salary that you think you could get to start the negotiations and see what comes back. I mean, he was never, he was never going to get that. I actually think they have him at a, at a pretty reasonable number. And I guess a couple more years to see where he's going to go. So do I expect Darnell Nurse to get tons better in terms of, you know, the hockey sense or whatever you want to call it? Well, I don't. But let's also recognize what he can do. And I I think that's important to remember when evaluating players. There are no perfect players in the National Hockey League. But Darnell Nurse has a skill set. He has strengths. And I think he is, again, best suited as uh, as a second pairing defenseman, he is going to have to play more with Clevbon out of the lineup. There is just no way around that. Rick on line one, go ahead, Rick.
4: A uh, good friend of mine has uh, suggested to me, and you know, I I guess I can't argue. But Cassian has played defense in his career before. You know, with Cassian's skill set, I mean, he's a shooter. Um, he can skate. He's big. I mean, he's got all those tools you're looking for for a power play D-man. I mean, that, that's just a suggestion. Another comment I have on Ken Holland is: Well, hold on. Know, when
0: did it? when did Zach Cassian play defense? Hmm. Good question. Good question. I have I I like, I, I, I don't claim yeah. to know everything. I have no memory of Zach Cassian ever playing defense.
4: Well, let's do this. Let's let's you and I both look into it. But let let's say that he hasn't played defense. Here here's one thing that frustrate, frustrates frustrates the edmonton Oilers fan if you're a hockey fan now i'm not talking about the casual popcorn person going to the game with all their kids that's great but I, i'm a diehard hockey fan i don't care for the game as much today but i do have hope that ken holland understands chemistry is a huge part of building a team and edmonton you look at the game they played in last night uh the coach uh, Tippett would have said to the the media he would have said you know we should have had that game we we could have done better we could have done this in the dressing room he would have said one heck of a game you guys i'm really proud of you but at the end of the day there's something missing on that hockey team that doesn't allow the given Oilers team to come above and play at that level all the time which is necessary so they got to make some trades and you know what nurse could be one of them i gotta go have a great uh,
0: night uh, all right, Rick. Well, again, uh, I, I have no recollection of Zach Cassian ever being a defenseman, at least not once he got into high-level junior and close to the NHL. I don't think he would be converted. Um, the Oilers are 12-4-3 in their last 19 games. Not bad. We'll see how they do here going forward. I don't know if it's necessarily team chemistry that prevents them from playing at a high level uh, every game. I I think sometimes it's their opponent that does that. And uh, again, I I, I think Holland is looking to add something. I, I don't know if it's necessarily something that is going to but like I'll put it to you this way, Rick. I don't think the Oilers like need a locker room shakeup in terms of, of attitude. If that's what you're getting at, like I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a grumpy group. I think they're pretty excited for the most part about where they are. I don't. I personally, I don't think their shortcomings have to do with team chemistry. I have covered seasons where you get to this time of year, and they know it's hopeless. And uh, you you know that every little battle or shot block might not be as interesting as it would be if you're fighting for a playoff spot. But like, look, there's, there's not going to be a major addition coming into the team that that is highly unlikely at, at, at this point. And Ken Holland certainly wants to help. I think he wants to help, you know, the talent level or some sort of, specified skill, perhaps as a depth type player. I don't know if he's thinking, oh man, the chemistry is lacking on this team and I got to find somebody that's going to help the overall attitude. Personally, I don't think that's, that's really what's going on. Uh, Andrew says uh, that caller does not represent Oilers fans as a whole. LOL. Uh, You do not put Cassian on defense. Rob says, I don't think the Oilers need a huge shake-up. They have a lot of guys injured right now. It would be nice to pick up a good player, absolutely, but at what cost? Well, and that's a lot of what Ken Holland said today. What is the price? There's virtually no cap space to bring in Thomas Tatar or Pajot or, or whoever unless you move money out. And again, if you're moving money out, you're probably moving out a good player. And I, I see a lot of people, well, trade Gagne, trade, trade Jujar Arcara. Okay, Jujar Arcara is really struggling, so I think his value has gone down around the league. And Ganya had a good game last night. Respect to who he is, respect to what he's had to do this season. Got sent down to the minors, got called back up. He's had to play on virtually every line at some point. He's in a bottom six role. He, he, you know, he might be a guy who's scratched sometimes once everybody's healthy. But he knows his role. He tries to figure out a way to contribute. But other teams aren't looking at Sam Gagne and saying, oh, yeah, we want Sam Gagne for for a player we want to get rid of. I mean, he's not going to be anything for the future of that team at his age and with his contract expiring. So, like, teams aren't looking to do the Oilers a favor here. They're looking to help themselves as well. So that's why it's going to be really hard to, uh, to add a high-caliber player here for the Oilers. But one thing I, I do want to get to, and I was talking about before the break, about the drafting and developing and what Ken Holland said about trying to build a program. So Ethan Bear has been with the team all season long, but there was some thought maybe he'd be a player in the minors. Caleb Jones has come up. He's improved, I think, especially over the last few weeks. Kyler Yamamoto, has come up. Well, the Oilers are 12-4-3 since he came up. William Lagason has been up. We haven't seen a lot of him, but that was, I thought, his strongest game last night. They leaned on him heavily on the penalty kill, played almost five minutes shorthanded for the Oilers last night, helping them go 7-7 seven for seven on the penalty kill. Tyler Benson is up from the minors for the last five games. We'll see where it goes with him. He may be sent back down once the team gets healthy, but... You know, I think even over the five games, starting to look a little bit more comfortable and improving a, a little bit. Ken Holland was also. On Oilers now with uh, with Bob Stoffer and he had some really interesting comments about the depth of the organization.
3: So some of these players, you're just you know, as a coaching staff and the management, we're just starting to get to know. So I think based upon some of the players that we've signed, you know, you talk about you know, you know, Sheen and Archibald and Haas is in there every night, and and then you talk about Yamamoto and, and Caleb Jones and and, uh, and 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 L- and and I don't want to miss. Well, all of a sudden we're probably a little bit deeper today, then maybe we would have thought... three four months ago so at the end of the day is now i'm bringing it to the trade deadline bringing it to the trade deadline we're probably a little bit deeper than we had thought you know one of the things that you look for is depth now can we find a player that could make us a little bit a little bit better and at what price i I think i told the media down there i'm not trading a first round pick in a rental Uh, i don't care what the rental is i'm not trading i'm trying to we're trying to build something right a program you said yeah i'm trying to build we're trying to build something and and uh, looking at the bigger picture but certainly understand on the shorter picture here. What's the shorter picture? Nineteen twenty, when I took the job on May the sixth, I said my hope was on May when the calendar turned to May the first. Excuse me, March the first, that we would be in a in a in a in a in a competing legitimately in in the standings, competing for a playoff spot, and our guys have done that. So um, certainly would i like to do something would i like to pitch in now and do a little something to 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 help the team get a little bit deeper a little bit better between now and monday yes i would like to i'll be a little disappointed in myself if i'm not able to do it um but at the same time you know i want to when you look you know when you look at the impact that, that Yamamotos had and you look at the impact that Bears had and and now you look at the impact that Caleb Jones has it's easy to start wheeling young players out for short-term fixes but at the end of the day if you're gonna have a good program you know I certainly look you know the Boston Bruins are here last night Bob they're one of the best programs in the league and it's it's a lot of stability you know it's it's it's, it's they're not it's 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 now at the end of the day do they spend if they spent you know they, they acquired Rick Nash at the deadline two years ago you got to Figured when's the time that I'm gonna I'm gonna spend some real assets and try to right. do a big a big splurge and that's what I have to, de- to determine between now and Monday or is it just something little to try to give us a little more depth and kind of because because some of the young players are headed in the right direction.
0: All right, really interesting stuff there from Ken Holland and he said it a couple of times in that clip when he was on with Bob earlier today. We are deeper than we thought we would be and he would like to make a move that would help the Oilers get a little bit better, a little bit deeper. So think of the Oilers' forwards. McDavid, Dreisaitl, Nugent Hopkins, Yamamoto, Cassian, Neal, Chason. You know, those are players who are probably going to play every game, right? So you're looking... He's probably looking for a forward who could be maybe the ninth or tenth best forward and jump into the depth chart, you know, ahead of Gagne, ahead of Kara, ahead of Patrick Russell... Uh, ahead of Haas you know maybe maybe around where Nygaard is I think that's the type of player we're looking for someone who's going to be in uh, the ninth or tenth forward on the team and maybe push a less experienced player down or a struggling player down or a limited player I mean Patrick Russell I think tries as hard as he can every night you know I know Rob Brown has a lot of respect for him how he plays but you know, there's not a lot of offensive push there. He's just sort of a, a reliable mucker. So maybe you bring in a player that is just going to push some of those, you know, guys who are right now 9 through 14 on the forward depth chart, they're going to become 10 through 15. And this new guy would go in there. But I was really interested in what he talked about with developing a program and this gets what i what i back what back to what i said to earlier about drafting and developing and ken holland has used it for a long time letting players be overly seasoned in the minors so this has been really positive for the oilers this year ethan bear ready to go caleb jones has been able to come up to the nhl take a couple of steps forward and and it seems to be improving lagason will see but he's been at least competent in limited minutes so far Sort of the same thing with Benson. But here's the, here's the negative side of it for the Oilers. All their best prospects, especially now with Bouchard being called up, and we don't know if he's going to play, all the Oilers' best prospects are now on the NHL roster. So I think that's why he doesn't want to start trading prospects because while the farm system is better than where it might have been three or four years ago, I still wouldn't describe it as an above average or excellent farm system. So on the farm, what you got, you got Ryan McLeod, you know, you got Maximoff, you got Sam Rukov on D. Like we don't know yet that those are great prospects. They need more time down there. So this is really what Holland is balancing. He doesn't want to trade the first round pick for a rental. He'd probably like to hang on to his other, uh, his his second round pick. We'll see if Calgary winds up getting the third in the Neil Lucic deal. So this is really the rub for Holland. And And I loved how he put it. He said he wants to chip in. He said the coaches and players have done their job. Now, i got to do my job to support them, but I think he knows a a move of that nature could go against his overall plan. So that's going to be really interesting to see how he reacts and handles this over the next few days. We will get to Ralph on the phone line when we get back. 780-496-0063, Inside Sports on Chet. South Comfort Fruit to Edmonton with their creative take on Southern Classics, spun with a modern twist. 780-496-0063. Ralph, thanks for hanging on the line. Go ahead. No problem, Reed.
2: Hey, uh Sometimes it's a breath of fresh air listening to a manager with a lot of experience talk about what he'd like to do with the team. And I think you touched on one thing that he'd like to add, but the other thing that I really like hearing him say is that he's got to look at the big picture and I think sometimes Oiler fans, uh, I, I, don't, uh, I don't mean to be disrespectful because they've been waiting for a long time but we have to look at where we are at right now and look at the long term picture and I think exactly what you said is the best case that could happen and that's to bring in a guy that at the beginning of the season, Ken Holland would have pegged to be a double digit goal scorer. So maybe a Granlin that pans out or another Nygaard, I think you're bang on and i don't think it's smart to trade away any assets for a rental um i think rentals are not a good use if you if you view hockey as a business giving away any future asset for a rental is a bad bad idea so i was really really glad to hear that from him today
0: well, and, and, and you know, look, they're, they're having a good year. I think the Oilers are a good team. I don't think they're a great team. I don't think they're one player away from, from winning the Stanley Cup. Now, I hope no. they get in the playoffs and something incredible happens. But it's going to be interesting. And, and I see a lot of stuff out there, Ralph. And it's the time of year where it's fun for people to be armchair GMs. Well, trade Chris Russell, trade Adam Larson. I'm not ready to say to trade vet veteran defensemen because you have some younger defensemen doing well. I would say let's let's keep all the defensemen around for now and then maybe see what's available in the summer.
2: Yeah, and on that note, when he talks about building a program, I think Oilers fans should just take a quick look because I think it's likely that one of those two defensemen you mentioned gets traded in the offseason. But it's not inconceivable that next year the Oilers go into the season with the defense corps of Clefbaum, Nurse, Bear, Jones, Benning, Langison, and Bouchard, and that means six of the seven defensemen are all homegrown, which is something you can't say about this team for a long,
0: long time. Ralph, thanks for listening. You bet. That's Ralph, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. 63 More from Holland and Tippett. And we'll catch up with uh, former CFLer, always entertaining guy Nick Lewis in the next hour as well. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.